Hello, I'm horror cartoonist Dennis St. John. I draw monsters and write twisted tales. As you can imagine, I was a little obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Lucky for me, so were most of my high school friends, all except one. One friend who stubbornly refused to join the Scoobies. So here we are, 20-some-odd years later. I'm teaming up with Doc Travis, John Teach Landis, and maybe a special guest or two. And we're going to make our friend, Michael Poli watch one episode of Buffy Week until he's no longer the Buffy Virgin. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Buffy Virgin. This week we are tackling enemies. We have with us, as always, the Virgin, Michael Poli. Hello, my name is Michael Poli. I've only seen up to season three, episode 17 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So excited to be here. We have uh, Doc Travis. Hey, everyone. I feel fantastic. Don't, don't, don't worry about me. <laughs> Please ignore his voice. Uh, we have uh, John Teach Lando. Hello, everybody. I really do feel fantastic. <laughs> and we have with us today, returning fantasy enthusiast, Elizabeth. Hi, everybody. Uh, I've seen all of Buffy, but <laughs> up to this one recently. <laughs> All right, let's get started. Uh, we don't have any new reactions this week um, because the last episode has not aired. So we're going to jump right into the summary. The summary. After a steamy movie viewing with Angel, Faith is keeping Buffy warm in one of Sunnydale's many crypts when they're interrupted by a nebbish demon looking to sell the Books of Ascension. Apparently, these are books well-informed slayers would already know about. They have something to do with the mayor's town renovation plans? While Buffy and the gang are busy ragging on a demon for wanting cash and watching Cordelia hit on a grown man, Faith lets her boss-slash-dad know about the demon's used book business and then goes to the dweeby demon's apartment and just stab robs him. Here's where things get complicated. With bloody hands, Faith goes to Angel for help. She's looking to join a Murderers Anonymous group and needs a sponsor. But also, she's trying to bang Angel. And also, Buffy is watching from a window. Turns out, the seduction was part of the mayor's plan to bring back Angelus. So when Faith's level bests aren't up to raising Angelus' spirit, he calls on a blue-faced, demon-shrouded guy thing that can just magic souls away? Angelus, Faith, and the mayor are now on the same team, and they plan on taking Slayer Number 1, Buffy, off the board. After knocking out Xander just for fun, Angelus and Faith trap Buffy in the often-used set of mansion chains and cuffs. Looks like it's going to be a long night of bondage and torture fun. But foolish Faith lets slip the date of the mayor's ascension. Graduation day. And the game is all over. See, Angelus never really turned. The soul-stealing was just an act. Buffy, Giles, Angel, and Shrouded Demon Blue Guy were planning this operation from day one. But like Donnie Brasco, Angel went too far undercover. They got the info they needed, but at what cost? <laughs> Spoiler on some recommendations, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so let's move on to Great Lines. Great Lines. I really enjoyed when the mayor said, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And I happen to know that's factually true. That was a good one. Uh, I like... Um, from Willow. Buffy, I too know the love of a taciturn man. <laughs> and uh, Buffy complaining about Faith. 
That could be ours. That girl makes Godot look punctual. <laughs> uh, this, this one may be giving away too much about what happens in the episode, but oh man, I love the uh, line from Faith. What can I say? I'm the world's best actor. Angel, second best. <laughs> and I love oh, the man. dramatic turn, the slow-mo turn she gets. Oh, <laughs> totally. They totally slow-mo film. It was great. Oh, man. Uh, I have the one in the... In the uh, library, Cordy says to Wesley, I said the best in a dimly lit restaurant around eight-ish. Think it over? Wesley actually doesn't say anything. But then Xander says, and on the day the words flimsy excuse were redefined, we stood around and watched. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good stuff. That is easily my favorite scene of this entire episode. (laughs) And it happens right away. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to Weird Noticings and Trivia. Weird Noticings. Uh, John? Uh, Yeah, I wanted to start off with this movie that apparently uh, Angel and Buffy went to see on their, like, non-sexual but romantic date uh, that they thought would be a fun uh, Euro film. Does anybody know how to actually pronounce French words? Can tell me the title of this film? Le Banquette d'Amelia. Thank you very much. I appreciate that because I was going to, I was going to butcher it. Uh, Apparently the movie involves a lot of like food and sex. And I read online that they may be referring to this, maybe based on last tango in Paris, which I have not seen. Has anybody seen that? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, That rates. Yeah. There's a butter scene. Butter boobs. (laughs) Watch the classic film. Yeah, I'll have to watch that. Is that in recommendations? Um, it did not occur to me to no. It should be, man. That's hilarious. <laughs> we can I, I, love, I love that scene because they are both so horrified by what they saw. Um, it's, it's implied that they saw things that they can't unsee, that they can never do to each yeah. other. Yeah. And they're, like, <laughs> they're so tortured by it. Can you imagine like the world before the internet when you were shocked by a f- sexy French film? <laughs> It also made me think about in um, what's it, in uh, Interview with the Vampire, the vampires like movies because like they can see the sun and stuff. Angel doesn't take that kind of pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that he's shocked by, that they're shocked by the movie. They're just like, I mean, she, Buffy even says like, I guess we're going to go take a cold shower now. Like there's uh, shock over the movie, no, but... Uh, Just that they're general lust bunnies, as they call them. Angel says he hasn't seen a movie in a long time, so probably the last time he saw a movie, he was evil. I don't know. He's been good for a long time. How long, really? I mean, I guess it has been a long time, yeah. Like 100 years, like the invention. I bet when he was a hobo in New York, he spent a little time in theaters just trying to stay warm. He went and, like, sleep in the grindhouse. Uh-huh. Yeah, you'd think he wouldn't be shocked if he was like sleeping in the Grindhouse movies or like the 40, 42nd Street stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just like Angel, how the- like uh, American Werewolf in London, he would have been like one of the bums hanging out in the like porn room. Absolutely. <laughs> I just like how they'll, oh yeah, let's demonstrate control by making out in public. It feels <laughs> like someone who's not in control's idea of control. <laughs> uh that is true yeah i mean uh they're clearly together right is that prediction sorry that prediction that still bothers me 
not to get to another prediction fight this early. Um, so anyway, uh, I say Demon's got to pay the rent, uh, just like the rest of us. But 5K is a lot for a plane ticket. Um, yeah, where is he flying to? Well, well, this is one thing. I wonder, is it for the plane ticket? Or is that to start a new life? Might, yeah, question, that sounds like starting like, a new life kind of money. Is $5,000 sufficient to start a new life? So it's either a really expensive plane ticket or really low cost of living. This dude does not know how to search for prices. That's, that's his problem. Or Priceline.com. Yeah, Priceline.com doesn't exist. He's also uh, not very good at approaching people, right? Like, he basically is going boo or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, like negotiation tactics. He needs a little lesson from Trick, unfortunately, not around to help uh, make this transaction happen. He just has yeah. no salesman skills. So I don't know if the demon got named in the actual episode, but um, his name is Skyler, uh, I guess, in the script. Um, he's played by the actor from Weird, from the Weird Science TV show. Um, I oh, looked him from up, the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> I looked him up in the Buffy uh, Monster Guide. Do you guys want to hear how harsh they are on this dude? Oh, yes, please. please. <laughs> yeah, let me pull this up. <clears throat> A sniveling coward, Skyler dressed like a middle-aged tourist. A sniveling but enterprising demon, black marketer with small horns, pointed ears, and a horrible fashion sense. It's like, really mean. I didn't think his fashion sense was that bad. (laughs) Does it hit a little too close to home? (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. All right. uh, John, you take the next one. Uh, yeah, so I just noticed that uh, the mayor is just ready with room temperature milk in his office. Like, you know, like I understand like in a conference room, you'd have a, a pitcher of water for, the, for, you know, conference water or whatever. But he's got a pitcher of milk. And the thing is, the mayor is such a germaphobe, and yet he just leaves milk out. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, that struck me as potentially gross also. <laughs> I mean, drinking milk is already gross. Milk is not a beverage. It's an ingredient for cooking. They're really hitting on these, like, bad girl or, like, da- or, like dad relationship, right? I don't know. The milk felt a little off, though. Yeah. I do love that scene just for the Buffy, I mean, just for the Faith uh, Mayor interactions. Oh, yeah. Totally. Still a nicer situation than she had with the Watcher Council. Yeah, so, still an upgrade. Not that bad. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, totally. Watcher Council wouldn't spring for milk. It would not. <laughs> no. Maybe two percent, but definitely not whole milk. Uh, see, what did I say? Oh yeah, I just complained that Buffy's enemies are all so personal. You know, it's like she has a, she hasn't had like a random outside of like the three. It's like every enemy Buffy has like knows her intimately. It's like if it's not the master, it's Angel or now it's faith it's like just so rough to have all like all your enemies are going to be your personal friend your former personal friends or like people that invade your dreams (laughs) like she would kill for just like a regular enemy that just like smelled bad you know what i'm saying uh she still got the occasional monster of the week to deal with yeah but but what about the hot tub demon right from bad girls you know yeah, that, I didn't know her that well. That was yeah. like a good like season, you know, overarching bad guy. <laughs> you want less personal in this show. 
Well, it's, it's like, you know, at some point, hopefully she has an enemy that isn't her former friend that betrays her for her sake. Just for her emotional health. Uh, Elizabeth, you've already talked about this once, but do you want to go into it a little more? Oh, yeah. That, like, really public, super awkward, like, asking out of Wesley. I, I just... Um, so Cordelia is clearly a very confident woman who who knows that she's just like all she has to do is say I want you and you're now you're now hers, um, but that was one of like poor Wesley is just so in over his head in every single situation yeah. he gets into, including this. One. <laughs> this guy can't even answer the question. What are you doing on Friday night? Like, oh, the watcher. <laughs> even that's overwhelming. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I love I love that scene. I just love how everybody is just speechless that she's gone for it. She's like, "Oh, you're doing it now." Do we have we established how old Wesley is in this episode? I don't no. think his age is ever specified, right? Because I don't any think so age would be weird. Right? Any age is weird. If you are not in high school and you are asking out someone in high school, that's weird. Don't do it. I think <laughs> all like we all know that, but. Uh, they make it maybe maybe it's supposed to be less weird because she's initiating the contact. Is that yeah, it? she's definitely the aggressor in this situation. Well, yeah, it wouldn't be appropriate for Wesley to go after her. That would be so many alarm bells. And it's much less appropriate for her, or it's less inappropriate for her to go after him. I guess. Is that yeah, absolutely. As a TV writer, yeah, that makes sense. I also think nobody in the gang has any like moral high ground since they're all allowing the Buffy Angel relationship. Like, uh, yeah, I feel like everybody's like locked, like, locked lips at least once. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Good point. Now that both you know Willow and uh, Xander have cheated, basically, like they can't call out any of this weird behavior. <laughs> what a morally compromised group they are. <laughs> Everyone but Giles. Well, he's super morally compromised. Just because he, <laughs> just because he tried to, uh, just because he, uh, aided Buffy. killing Buffy. Yeah. Um, John, uh, you have info for us about Willow's sweater this week. Yeah, so uh, it's been really made me think of the weird sweater that Xander wore the one time, where it was a bag of flour turned backwards design of a sweater. This uh, sweater, if I. If you look at it, it's the design of the sweater is uh, it's a picture of like a carriage, but the horse is riding the carriage and whipping a person that's pulling the carriage. It's like a so, cartoon. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Wow. I need a screenshot. I definitely wasn't paying attention. There's to a screenshot part. in the notes at the bottom if you want to look at it. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like it's a, on a scale. Maybe, yeah. I feel it's like this like is a like a Greek design or something. Yeah, some kind of old woodblock print from who knows where that was somebody turned into a clever sweater design. <laughs> Maybe it's like an old political cartoon. It's what it seems like. Yeah. I, I really yeah. looked for a, a shot that showed the whole design, but there isn't one. It's just this this one medium shot. Like the costumers really on this show design. must be making their own sweaters for some reason. Right? <laughs> I imagine that they have some kind of a relationship with like a really super hip sweater design firm. Yeah, that's not what that's not what you call them. Whoever fashion designer, not a not a sweater design firm. Uh, no, you know what? Let's keep it there. I like the sweater design firm. 
if they can create me like a willow knockoffs i'm i'm all about it well the uh i do know that willow's sweater from last episode uh is part of the hot topic buffy collection so you could get that one or big pink sweater is that a real collection yeah hot topic put out like a bunch of buffy stuff this year or last year whoa that's really interesting okay diving uh, in Googling that yeah right that could be part of the buffy merch segment that we created last episode <laughs> um so when faith so faith murders skylar uh poor attacked in book skylar um and then she comes to angel um so do you think any part of faith's coming to angel for help was genuine or you think it's all an act well i i tell you what like we can get into you know the angel angelus thing that happens in this episode like in a little bit more detail in a bit okay but I thought I felt like very confused during that scene. And I even wrote down like, what does faith want? Because I know that she's up to a trick, but she's leading with like her real problems. So I felt like maybe she was, I don't know. She knows what people think her problems are. So I think she's exploiting that to get what she wants. Yeah. But she's also saying, and she's saying everything everybody wants her to say, like, that's what the, you know, the Tubi gang, that's what they want her to do. (laughs) And Angel is the right person to go to, as it turns out. That makes the most sense, even, because Buffy has kind of already, like, told her what she thinks. Yeah. So it felt genuine, but clearly, I don't know. You know, we we know how it turns out. Yeah. I just feel like there's a lot going on with Faith this episode. Like, there's multiple times where she's kind of reaching out to Buffy, and Buffy's, like, pushing her away before the big reveal is revealed. Um, and like how much of that is like faith acting or how much is that like faith still not being sure if she's like totally going to go full betrayal or not, you know? Um, so there's just a lot of internal faith stuff we don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I don't think she knows, right? She's, yeah. she's operating without a plan. Uh, she's kind of operating out of emotions. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. I mean, she kind of has the plan set forth by the mayor, but like how much is she going to actually operate on it or not? Sure. And I think that's one of the reasons that she likes the mayor. I mean, aside from like everything she says about not having a lot of consistency in her life, I think that the mayor offers that, right? Like he offers that uh, a plan, right? Yeah. And two words, miniature golf. (laughs) Warm milk. (laughs) Not even warm. That's a thing. Room temperature. (laughs) This show loves miniature golf. Uh, she's really receptive to this too right like um at first you think that she is going to you know be the teenager that that is like rolling their eyes at mom but like then she 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 really latches on and we know she's she's got she's never had a support network she's never had that family um but it feels so creepy because it there's still it's still like tinged in with this like and if you fail me i'll have to replace you you yeah. know um so yet she still she still feels like she loves it she definitely loves the mayor right yeah yeah her reaction to the miniature golf at the end is like so sincere and like last episode when he's like playstation and she's like bouncing towards it like <laughs> There's a real, yeah, there's a real, like, sincerity to their relationship. Um, I think one of the things this episode does really well, not just, like, with the other demons and stuff, is, like, starts to show, like, what the internal life of the bad guys are, you know? And it's not all just plotting to kill 
fluffy. Some of it's like getting married and playing games. Um, the actor who was the like demon in a shroud guy uh, was on an episode of Voyager Enterprise. He's on the Twin Peaks. He's in the Twin Peaks movie, and he's in RoboCop's two and three. Wait, um, who is he on Voyager? Uh, I don't care about the rest of it. I care about the Star Trek things. I think it said he was. I don't know actually. On okay, Enterprise, yeah. I think he said he was like a member of the Klingon Council. No, oh, interesting. And like on X Files, he was somebody called like Tall George or something. <laughs> okay. It's just one of those things I'm starting to realize. Like, if there's like a weird-looking character actor, he's been on like one or more Star Treks and X Files. <laughs> they did the rounds. Well, to me, he just appeared like Will Ferrell in a ninja outfit. <laughs> all I could see. <laughs> Will, why is he Will Ferrell? <laughs> just those eyes had like a glaze over. Feral eyes. Does Will Ferrell have orange glowing eyes? Did I miss that? <laughs> That's he just got a glazed so over look when he's doing a character. Just okay. Like, he's like Step Brothers Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the Angelus stuff gets pretty wonky because like there's a point where it's Angel pretending to be Angelus and then pretending to be Angel again um, and not doing a great job of being Angel to like further fool Faith. Right? <laughs> it's a lot of acting for this guy. <laughs> a lot of layers. He's the world's best actor. <laughs> Self-proclaimed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was uh, totally fooled by the Angelus transformation. I mean, I like when uh, the, you know, the shroud actor comes in, the transformation happens. Like they have a special effect thing that goes on. Like I, I totally thought it had happened. And I screamed in the Slack chat room where we like, you know, I was like, oh no, this can't be the rest of this season about Angelus. Cause that's what I assume has to happen from this point on. Right, yeah. It was such a relief when Angel that <laughs> stupid line is like, second best. You're the second best actor. I'm the greatest. Like, whatever that line is, like, that just calms my life down so much. Man, Angel, there's, like, some great Angel moments in season three that make me like Angel, but it's also because I'm anticipating terrible things, like season two level shit oh. happening in the show. And then he, un he undoes it just before. It's this moment here where he says second best and then like when he punches out uh faith whatever when she's basically raping xander man he just <laughs> oh yeah he clubs her right. clubs her yeah and this one i think he clubs faith again wow i guess yeah. i just like it when angel hits faith jeez <laughs> i say though when on a rewatch of that knowing that he is not angelus that he is angel his response to faith the way that he kicks the shit out of her is brilliant i absolutely like i laughed like out loud with a little bit of glee when he's like turned into angelus the way that he beats her up <laughs> damn like <laughs> well she i mean she messes with everybody you have somebody that's like constantly messing with you messing with everybody that you know um and then uses her strength her supernatural strength or like to take advantage of people. She always had, you know, like again with Xander, how much he loves Xander, but he still like isn't gonna let her like mess with him. So him beating her up, pretending to be Angelus was like, that was true Angel really wanting to get out what he wanted to get out with her. 
yeah the the fighting is also yeah it's like a very personal like fighting style where it's not the ninja stuff they usually do on the show it's like just big man hitting little girl <laughs> right yeah yeah it is uh, it's pretty brutal in that that scene right during after the transformation right and then we think that they might have sex or something or i thought they were gonna have sex yeah i actually have a question about that later but i'll ask it now i guess because it came up how do you think angel got out of having sex right because it because that scene ends with them making out and like that's clearly the direction she's going to want to go in presuming they didn't have sex like how how did he talk how did evil angelus talk his way out of that he's like i want to save it for after we killed buffy it'll mean so much more than <laughs> like you know i don't think I don't they know. have sex i think he just is like let's get this over with so i can kill buffy and you sorry babe the blood's rushing to my forehead it can't go two places at once <laughs> if i taste any more bumpy forehead if i taste any more slayer blood i'll lose my mind i don't i feel like angelus as a character is so distractible it'd be really easy <laughs> to like, come up with some other idea oh. to do next yeah, he, he I just I was you know, thinking of how quickly Faith jumps Xander after a fight. Like, she doesn't seem like the type to slow down, right? She's like, once you start making out, this is it's going to the end game real quick, right? I'm sure he just punched her a few more times, and then <laughs> they moved okay. on. Then in that case, I'm glad we cut. I don't want to, like... <laughs> uh, oh, um, I said Cordelia is part of the gang again. Um, I kind of wish we saw the scene where she sees Human Willow again after last week. Like, uh, I just want to know what's going on there. It's funny to me that um, Cordelia can just sort of walk in and out of the Scooby gang basically whenever she wants because yeah. like, she's in on the secret and so they're like, I guess they're willing to have the help. Uh, exactly. But she doesn't have to be there. Like They don't expect her, but she can show up if she wants. Yeah, and then act really upset about like being bored to death by research yeah well she's there for one reason right she's clearly there for wesley she likes a man with two last names um. so I, i'm curious when 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 cordelia comes in and is like uh you know i'm studying english and uh like you're english is she playing dumb on purpose just to impress wesley does she think that being dumb is going to impress him because she's not that yeah, dumb. We know she's like smart. she gets, we know she gets good SAT scores. She's reading uh, giant tomes of Freud and Jung, right, for a high school level class, which is totally unnecessary. So we know she's bright. Is she being ditzy because she thinks that's what Wesley likes? Um, I think her saying like "You're English, I'm in English" is a, like she doesn't expect Wesley to buy that, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. She's like, "This is a code. I'm speaking in code for you." Because I have to ask you out in front of all of these people. Because you never leave the library, you freaking weirdo. We <laughs> don't even work here. No excuse to be there. She's just enabling a date to happen, right? Like, it's just like laying yeah. it on super thick as far as like what would, setting up an, an, an ask, right? Like, I, she's asked him out how many times now? Like three, four times with these like heavy lines. Wait, have we established why they have to? He has to work out of the library. Like, no, they never no. really okay. do. 
Um, it's definitely a complaint I've had during this rewatch. I think that I think it makes yeah. sense because if you're Wesley, right, you show up. There's basically already a watcher there, and you know that if you try to say nope, try to kick Giles out and say no, no more Giles. I'm in charge now. That Buffy would just like tell you to fuck off, right? And so what he has to do is he has to kind of like judo it. He has to use the like whatever they're already doing to his advantage. So he just sort of shows up and says, oh, I'm in charge of everything that's already happening without yeah. me. Well, and um, I think after two weeks ago when he like tried to arrest Faith and shit went wrong, he knows he's the junior watcher now. He's right. like, is very clearly like, I'm not actually in charge, but please let me be in on these meetings. <laughs> right. Yeah, but he plays, no, I don't, I don't think so. He has a serious like superiority complex where he, he thinks that he is in charge. He, I think he is delusional. I think he believes that what well, we even says like he's allowing um uh giles to work with to work yeah with but he backs off of that real quick really? like giles gives him a look and he's done yes but he still like insists on like he's the leader and he's the you know like he's he has this like he he's constantly saying just how important he is to this group i mean do you think it's just like a is it like a just him trying to think of himself as more or is it a, like a coping mechanism i yeah i would guess coping mechanism maybe he thinks at some point he can re regain control i mean it's just got to be the a nightmare scenario to like starting a new job to yeah like it's like it's like new job scenario like yeah. this is his first time being a watcher he's trying to be what he thinks a watcher should be right we've all had this boss yeah. we've all had the ineffectual manager who shows up and is like Oh, well, I guess you're taking a break now. Great, just like I told you to. <laughs> this, the Watchers Council is the most poorly run organization <laughs> in the history of anything. Like, we've, I'm sure we Preach all have to talk a lot about the Watchers Council, but man. Preach it. That's, a, that's not how, like, oh yes, let's put our least experienced Watcher with the only two slayers. Yeah, in this scenario that's never happened before, the like two <laughs> slayers running at once. Like, uh, um, <laughs> uh, I say, uh, I wish I'd figured out a kinkiness rating system for each episode, because this episode would be off the charts. Dennis gives it five out of five fuzzy handcuffs. <laughs> yeah. What's the five? What's the fifth cuff for? <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to questions for the group. Questions for the group. Uh, this brings us back to what Elizabeth was just saying. Like, why can't the count? Why can't the council pay the five k or reimburse Xander twenty eight dollars? God fucking damn it, Watchers Council. <laughs> they, I mean, they have, they have Watchers Council retreats. But yeah. they can't, they can't, like, I, I, like, give Faith an apartment. It doesn't even occur to them. Yeah. Well, and Giles doesn't have an office, right? They're operating out of a school that Giles supposedly works at. And then they use his work office as their, also their occult meeting office. Yeah, like, the, the Watchers Council is such a mess. But they must not be a revenue-focused organization, right? Like, they're probably very, they're clearly very poor. And they're also, like, they have no experience. Uh, they have no experienced people to send out in the field, right? Except for these 
field testers who seem more experienced, but then they have the police force also. You know, it's just like the real police, right? They have all this money for the military, but nothing when it comes to education. You know, it's just this. Yeah. I I feel like the Watchers Council is well financed. They're just not spending their money well. But they're spending it all on long spoons. It's all about the extensible spoon. Those are really expensive. It's a very misogynist like uh, uh, organization but this is actually here's my here is my thought the watchers council maybe um the slayer because there's only one maybe that's like the least of what they do maybe they like this is only one facet of what the watchers council does we just have no idea what else the watchers council does maybe it's like embroiled in some other affair elsewhere maybe it runs a law firm out of la like i don't know like maybe it's like i i almost feel like you have to believe that this is that that the slayer is a is like the side gig for what the watcher council actually does that's like they're as public a front as this can be right i don't know which is a weird public front because it's all secret i don't know i mean i think Maybe that the uh, the Watchers Council, I don't think they do have other stuff going on. I've been, I was kind of thinking that uh, earlier on in this particular watch through. But I think now that the more I watch it, the more I think they don't have a lot else going on. But what's really going on is they, they're just sort of like a part-time fraternity in the background watching, keeping an eye out in case one of them gets a little too uppity and then they can bring the hammer down. Oh, that's an intense read. Well, I don't think we'll figure out what the Watchers Council are, op- are up to this week. Um, <laughs> it remains a mystery. Yeah, I do yeah, think that's a good read. There's too much wild speculation to have at this point. It's like they're ineffectual and uh, apparently not poorly funded, just mismanaged. All right, Mike, you got the next question. Oh, yes. This was riffing off that earlier idea about, you know, you have $5,000 to start your life over. Where do you go? And I thought it was interesting because it felt like a small amount of money to start a new life, you know, away from Sunnyvale, Sunnydale. But uh, I was just curious where people would go with their five grand to start a new life. I'm sure John has actually done this with less money. So that's <laughs> yeah, accurate. I it really Absolutely funny. accurate. Yes. I, I had a question about um, when Faith busts into his door, he's carrying his fishbowl. And I was like, is he packing his fish or is he flushing <laughs> fish? He might be eating it. He's a demon. Might be a snack. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. seems like an odd way to keep your snack. Um, yeah, I guess if you only have $5,000, like hitchhiking is like the best way out. Right. Yeah. Traveler's checks are great. Uh, I would just go to Dayton, Ohio, low cost of living. You can buy a house for $5,000 in Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> oh God. Actually a friend of mine is a real estate agent in, in Dayton, Ohio. And, uh, there was a house listed for $3,000. What? I mean, it was basically a shack that was already falling over, but still. You could buy a house for less than two months' rent. Yeah, but no. that's like, that's the land too, right? Like, yeah, that's yeah. not just this, that's like a plot of land, pretty much. Different economy. Uh, Allison Janney was just uh, saying that uh, great people come from Dayton. So, <laughs> there. Yeah, I've I heard uh, um, Dayton described as like, it's where hipsters are born and then spread out to the rest of the world. <laughs> Who said that? That's hilarious. Uh, there's, somebody t- there's a cartoonist, Brandon Elston, who's a friend of mine who's also from Dayton. I think it was said in reference to him and I. That's I funny. 
but and you said i'm not from dayton from new orleans <laughs> why would i be that angry jesus <laughs> uh uh let's see i already did that one um mike you have another question here oh yeah do does anyone know of anyone that has a sexless kissing only relationship with someone that they uh i guess this buffy and angel's relationship to me is like this very christian pre-marriage relationship and i I know these kind of relationships exist but it's just like the very mormon that first scene i was like this is this has got to be what that's like i want you so bad especially after all those terrible things that i saw Angel might as well be wearing his magical Mormon underwear right now. <laughs> How do you know he's not? Well, because he's always got his shirt off. It's easy to tell. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, Mormons would definitely love that opening scene. They would identify with that. Yeah. That lust. I, yeah, I remember a friend of mine uh, who's uh, Jack Mormon describing the his ex- first experiences with a woman, and they're not kissing experiences. They're just like being around women. You know, and like just uh, when a, you would do the weirdest things to try and get female attention, but you also like can't take it anywhere unless you're married. And just like him said, he was like literally lost his mind when a woman touched his elbow. Just yeah, like, just uh, his excitement. I think he was like in his early twenties. I was like, I can't imagine what. Yeah, I I had a good friend who was Mormon who was in a very similar situation. Like he took me to he tricked me multiple times into going into to Mormon singles events, motherfucker kept tricking me. Like, cause he'd be like, I'm going to this like cheese festival. I'm like, I love cheese. I'll go to the cheese. Festival. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, there was like another one that was like that. He kept like just telling me things without bringing up that there's sing- single Mormon events. And I was like, God, <laughs> uh, but he was also like a big movie nerd and stuff. And we were friends for other reasons, but just every now and then I got tricked. Dennis, I have to know what a Mormon singles-only cheese tasting is like. Please I tell me more. I want to so bad. Uh, well, okay. This is a, a friend of mine. I maybe shouldn't name his name, but he got de- crowned at that event, the Cheese King. Um. So you went with the right person, it sounds like. <laughs> cheese King! That's amazing! <laughs> like, a lot of them are just dances, you know? There are a lot of, like... A lot of them were like, barn, like I, another one I got fooled for, he's like, I'm going to a barn dance. And I was like, new to Vermont. And I was like, wow, Vermont has barn dances? Like, what a fun, and it you know, was in like a high school gym that they had rented out. And I was like, ah. Are there rules for like how close you can stand when you're dancing? Like yeah. what is dancing like at a Mormon singles event? You must do see do 12 inches apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, you know, in the in Catholic terms, it would be keeping room for the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of that, uh, but it was also, you know, once I realized where the situation I was in, I was like, oh, I don't want to be there. But then the Mormon single ladies would also be like, "You haven't had a dance. I'll dance with you." <laughs> Is that how they talk? Yes, that's how they all talk. Does anybody else watch South Korean dramas? They're all very like. The, the, even the kissing is like more nose rubbing and like just getting very close. Um, there's like no sex in South Korean dramas and there's, it's all very chaste. And so it felt, that's really what it felt like to me watching that. <laughs> I haven't ever watched any of the K dramas, but uh, people talk about them a lot. I have a few uh, I could recommend to you. There's a good uh, K comedy on Netflix. Um, it's like based on like a cartoonist in South Korea's life. I forget. 
forget what it's called, something with the heart in it. Uh, but it's really funny. I think it's more of a parody of these South Korean dramas. Um, so I don't quite get what the parody is, but I still think it's funny. Uh, <laughs> um, John, you got the next couple here. I wanted to survey the group and see how it felt for you to see Xander punched in the face. Cause we do a fair amount of Xander bashing on this podcast. And was there any satisfaction gained from seeing Xander punched in the face? He called it a good bruise, but I'd call it a fun cushion. <laughs> uh, I, I felt like it was not satisfying because it was a, a, at a rare moment when Xander wasn't doing anything wrong. And I would love to see Xander punched by anybody but Angel. <laughs> I just thought it was a good gag. The whole like, I mean, the setup was good. The like walking different directions, like not changing your pace in any way. And then the like, I just hate that guy. Like, is that Angelus or Angel talking? Well, a lot he, of things that he says could be either one. Exactly. And he doesn't even say, I hate that guy. He's like, that guy's so annoying. Oh, no, uh, yeah. or, or something. That guy just something. bugs me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I get it. It goes back to when he's like beating up Faith. He's got this opportunity. I think, I think he has to. I think he has to shut him down for the, for, to keep up appearances. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a little bit of want in there. Yeah. Like, that's some hubris for himself. You're totally right about like Angel Angel in acting as Angelus gets to like express a lot of things he Angel doesn't get oh, to. The whole like you sent me to hell and we never really dealt with that <laughs> thing with Buffy is like, oh shit, it's coming out. And then they they still don't deal with it after he he's like after it's revealed. I also like uh when Faith is like, Everyone said should I be like you, but did anyone tell me you should or, did anyone say like Buffy should be more like Faith? And Angelus is just like, I know I didn't. Like, just like a, an unnecessary zing on Faith. Like, you can tell that even disrupts Faith's like monologue. She's like, what the fuck, man? Faith did enough of her own advocating for Buffy to be like Faith. It was constant, like, you should be more like me, Buff. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't you let loose? Why don't you have sex with Xander? Why don't you steal hunting knives? Like, constantly. Faith did it enough for the for everybody, I guess. Um, all right, and then you have a another question: Is Vamp Face a voluntary action? Oh yeah, because like I just noticed that uh, when he's trying to fake being uh, Angelus, he just snaps into Vamp Face. He's able to snap right back out. And sometimes it seems like Vamp Face like it happens when somebody gets hit, or like if oh no, them smelling blood. And then sometimes it seems like you're just able to do it whenever you want. That's all. Whenever the writers call for it, vamp face can appear. Uh, it has to be totally controlled. Otherwise, the Angelus impression is a lot harder to pull off. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's like um, a muscle you can voluntarily flex, but is also an instinct. Like, okay. There's been a bunch of times, especially earlier on, when like the very first time we find out Angel is a vampire, he's making out with Buffy, and he can't control his vamp face because he's... He, too much blood rushes to his forehead, I guess. My theory was that um, it's like an erection or like crying in that it's mostly involuntary, but if you think about the right things, you can make it happen. I actually was thinking that the natural, like the resting face is vamp face. Like that's uh. his natural state. Because I remember back when like you had like the master had like all of his people hanging out. Like everybody, when you see just vampires being vampires, they all have vamp face. So I think that he has to work to maintain human face. Oh, I like that theory. That's a good call, yeah. I mean, and that goes with the the metaphor of like, the human face is the facade. 
and the demon is real. Uh, that like means that. like just every time he's not vamp face, he's like holding it in. He's like flexing a, a human muscle. He's trying to be human. Yeah, that's heavy. Well, it's like, imagine it's like, um, <clears throat> like how you learn sphincter control becomes like, uh, you know, involuntary after a while, but it does require like a muscle. Right. Yeah, I think that real gross. I'm sorry. I'm only comparing it to <laughs> John bringing up the sphincter. Well, we don't all work with children, so we don't have. <laughs> uh, so I asked the like technical question of like, when did the double cross plan happen? Because I don't know, I've watched this episode a few times, and I don't know when Giles, Buffy, and Angel would have gotten together to like discuss it. You know, because like Buffy talks to Willow and is like, "I'm I'm hurt, and I haven't talked to Angel and stuff." And then the next scene is like the the betrayal scene, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, No, it never gets discussed because that would have tipped me off as a viewer that what's going on. It is a total bullshit like double cross that they just do at the end. Cause like, as a viewer, like I had no idea Angelus, like there's no, there's no tell to the viewer that Angelus is angel in disguise. And there's no tell that like, yeah, because of the way that Buffy handles that, right. She sees the, and Elizabeth might talk about this more, but she sees the, uh, the maybe make out or hug happen between faith and angel. And then she gets pissed about it. She's mm-hmm. like angry and then goes to talk to Willow. So like, yeah. that's not a tell that she thinks that they know what's going on with that. I think it happens after she talks to Willow. I think that's like, she says, oh, she's like, I give you permission to go. Okay, and then she go. gets up and she goes. I just think we don't see it. Yeah. Well, it made sense to me that like, Gile, like if Shrouded Guy knows Giles, he would have come to Giles and been like, the mayor right. making me do this plan. And be like, this is my one favor. And then... I guess after the group meeting, Giles could have tell, told Buffy that, but after the group meeting is when Buffy goes and talks to Willow. And if Buffy had known about the plan then, then why would she have that conversation with Willow? <laughs> You're right, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Anyway. Yeah, I can't figure it out either. All right. I think I have the next bit. Um, uh, Elizabeth has... Oh, no, wait, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Sorry yeah. about that. So I think, didn't the mayor say that he wanted him to kill Buffy, but not too quick because he doesn't want another Slayer in town? But then in my mind, my mind I'm like, but it's Faith who, asked who would die and then another Slayer would come. It doesn't. Nothing happens if Buffy dies because she's already died once and then that was Kendra and Kendra was Faith, right? Am I thinking this? Yeah. I think you're right, but I don't know if we've ever... We never tried it out again. <laughs> if you keep killing Buffy and bringing her back, do more Slayers pop up? How many times can you punch that ticket? I mean, I, I feel like, Travis, your interpretation is right, because otherwise, you would, th- you would just want to make a... There, would, there was no way that there wouldn't be a million Slayers, because then you could... Like, just, like you yeah. could easily OA. set up a system. Just do the OA system. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like the OA. Exactly. <laughs> We know that we can bring Buffy back. <laughs> and why wouldn't you want to populate a world with Slayers? Unless well, you're the Watcher Watcher Council, Council certainly wouldn't. Check. That's right. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth, you have the next question. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I was asking, uh, is the Scooby gang racist against any non-humans? And because, like, you know, at the beginning, we, we, we see 
um, you know, just hammering about like you killed a person and, and, um, and Faith really doesn't care about um, killing Skylar, like at all. Um, we care more about killing humans and about killing potentially innocent, I guess, I don't know, have they killed any innocent demons yet? But, uh, you know, I mean, that's I would, kind of what I happened would, this episode, right? I would argue that Faith maybe does feel something about killing Skylar because like she does not look happy when she goes back to the crime scene. Although she's also just a terrible actress about like, um, you know, she knows where the light is. She's like, forgets to act like she hasn't been there before. Well, I um, think maybe Faith but, does feel like uncomfortable, but what about the Scooby? I don't count her as part of the Scooby gang though. Yeah. Well, not after this episode. Um, well, I, I think one of the things the show has done is it started out in a very black and white world and it's through these last three seasons grade the world up like because Buffy is like he doesn't fit into the like uh, uh, threat to humanity category and Giles is friends with blue shroud guy. Um, I think we're slow, slowly realizing not all demons are evil and not all humans are good. Right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'd say probably most of the Scooby gang is still racist against non-humans. But slowly but surely getting a more open heart. Yeah. Uh, Travis, you got the next yeah, question. What do, you, what do you think the secret magic in, that, in the drawer that Giles doesn't want Willow to look in says? Because she's like, oh, it's in that book in your drawer. How to summon the fourth element. <laughs> oh my God. That there's a secret fifth element. <laughs> it's Bruce Willis. <laughs> I actually was, I was reading this really random anime uh, manga rather uh, today, and they they spoke very uh, concretely about the four elements being really obvious and the fifth element, and they were like, "Oh yeah, fire, earth, air, water, and void." The fifth element. I thought that was funny. <laughs> void La lack of element is element. <laughs> Yes, I remember uh, once in, I think, like sixth grade or something, we were learning about molecules. And my teacher asked me if like water was a, like a molecule or an element. I was like, oh, it's an element. <laughs> and she was like, this is why I hate Captain Planet. It's ruined a generation. <laughs> does it make Willow, does having access to all the Watcher Council books make willow a stronger witch or is it too soon to discuss that she seems pretty strong she's doing the pencil spins <laughs> she doesn't do any magic this episode right i don't think so took a took a week off she does some hacking right she tries to hack into the mayor's computers yeah fails. Um, uh Elizabeth, you got the yeah. next one so this is again just a greater like higher level question maybe that that should be asked earlier but why are they in the same town seven billion people in this world and everybody's in sunnydale california and i get it hell mouth big problem but is it the only mouth to hell is <laughs> this is what other, i was trying to say before are there other orifices that we should be concerned with like the hell ass <laughs> <laughs> it's on the other side of the world <laughs> I just like you would think like again this is the watcher council being really dumb like and and the worst business run business ever in that like you've got your only two 
your two pawns and you keep them in one small place where one was really doing pretty fine on her own. Like Buffy's got Sunnydale. Yeah. I think about that sometimes like in this episode when Wes is like, this is a two slayer job. Like it's like just retrieving information and you're like, what, why? (laughs) What would you do if not for this really strange accident? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is this is what I was trying to say in The Wish about how, like, it's silly to think it's really tragic if Buffy doesn't live in Sunnydale because there's a whole other world out there that probably needs her. I think just right now the show is focused on Sunnydale. Like, the world is Sunnydale. Uh, maybe, you know, in a year or two, Angel might move to L.A. and we'll find out L.A. has problems also. But I don't know anything I, about it. There's a very good problem. chance of that. <laughs> Maybe there's no demons in LA and he just is like solving human crimes. I don't know. No, of course we know that, right? Because when, you know, just in the earlier part of this season where Buffy was in, you know, not in Sunnydale and like there was that weird guy that's like putting junkies into the uh, this weird dimension where they have to do work forever. Un- unknown work. Anyway. Yep. You're right. Yeah, there's, there's stuff going on everywhere. This is just a particularly bad spot-ish. Yeah, I bet there are other hell orifices. There's hell ears and and there's just hell pimples that like yeah. not much happens, but it's <laughs> hell <gross>. pores. <laughs> Little explosions of demon activity here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh no. Hell like, should we warts? pop the hell pimple or just let it fester? <laughs> Sometimes they go away on their own, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no. Uh Elizabeth, you have the final question. Yeah, what uh, what do you owe the person who introduces you to your spouse? Um, I can think of two people who could answer that question better than the rest of us. <laughs> do you, I don't remember who introduced us. Well, we got introduced at a birthday party for Mike, another Michael, a mutual yeah. a mutual friend, uh, ish. Um, Have we talked to him pretty much since then? No, no, we actually never talked to that person again. Probably. Wow, you don't owe. Apparently, you owe that guy a lot then. <laughs> Well, later you're going to find out that um, somebody is going to try to like, somebody's going to try to hire you to like really mess with this guy's life. And you're going to have to like go into him and be like, listen, I owe you. I can't go mess with your life like I was hired to do. I'll, I'll give you one favor, which is me not screwing everything up and helping you not be horrible. I mean, do you think this wizard guy is like, if we ever, if me and my spouse ever break up, I'm going to come back and steal Angel's soul. <laughs> <laughs> Like, is Angel's soul con- like conditioned on this relationship lasting? It was, just, it was a very formal interaction. Like, like it was uh, and like he- very, it felt very quid pro quo, right? Like, as if, as if, you know, it's like, it's not that I procured you a wife, right? Like, I did this thing for you. It's just like, oh, hey, you know, like, I, I'm sure when Mike introduced us, it wasn't even with the thought like, and these people are still going to be together 14 years later. <laughs> like it's, it's just, you don't think about it. So the, for them to imply that Giles did this massive favor, I get it. You like your spouse. I, like I don't know. Like- we don't know what the situation is. Maybe Giles met like this, like creepy blue shadowy lady and was like, I know just the guy for you. Yeah. He's this spooky dude <laughs> who I summon sometimes cause I'm the Ripper. And I do it to get high. Um, 
that's these were Ripper days, you think? Yeah, I don't know. We don't know anything about this weird situation. Deep stuff. I've kind of already mentioned this, but like one of the things I really like about this episode when we just kind of talked about it with the marriage stuff is like the larger view of monsters in the Buffyverse and how they lead portions of normal lives. Um, so I don't have anything else to add to that. And Travis, you have? Oh, I was just wondering, you know, um, just, you know, what obviously faith is going to be really a a bad person, but can you imagine if she was just a little bit less bad, you know, it sounds like she's going to be the big bad almost with the mayor, but I was just trying to think of a, you know, of an alternate storyline for her where she's kind of like a bad, you know, kind of a lot more reckless and Buffy, but not like a terrible person that she kind of is turning out to be. Yeah. I mean, I think if, a lot of things had not gone the way they went. She could have stayed. If she wasn't kidnapped. If Yeah, if she wasn't kidnapped, if the Watchers Council, had, if any responsible adult had helped her, like not just the Watchers Council, but like just G- Giles as a person or Joyce even, been like, you're a homeless teen, like you need a place to stay. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of a lot of things could have been d- done differently with faith. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a commentary on how important social services are for uh, just like lowering crime rates in certain areas. When people are desperate, they do desperate things. And like, sure, faith was surviving, but you go from surviving, being tasked with this huge like responsibility to all of a sudden somebody like coddling you and cosseting you and loving you and giving you everything you could want plus affection. Like I don't blame her. I don't blame her whatsoever for going really bad. Um, and it's, it's, I, it's 100% the watcher council's fault. They could have prevented this with, like even it didn't have to be a kick-ass apartment like she got from the mayor it could have just been like a place to stay yeah that's it's so it's so like indicative of just how um important those that basic foundation is for um for whether or not you are a good member of society yeah and i also i also kind of feel like the scoobies are maybe a little to blame like not fully but like we never saw them really like outside of when faith first comes to town we never see them really try to socialize her there they like treat her as other and don't invite her miniature golfing you know they don't do the social stuff with her and buffy only does the social stuff with her while she's being bad like isn't like on a regular hang hang night gonna be like xander and willow and i are gonna party and we should invite faith also right they don't do it. So it's tough to, yeah, be excluded from your only social circle. Not, yeah. Well, she started life as a slayer the way most slayers start, which is complete isolation. So she's already used to that isolation and then comes in and then the Scooby gang doesn't immediately embrace her. So, but I also don't think she allowed herself, she would allow herself to be embraced. 
Yeah. I mean, she's been the, the cool girl. Um, I can do everything on my own loner for long enough. Tough stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then it looks like you have the final uh, theme. <laughs> uh, I think Buffy is really terrible in this episode. I think, uh, and it, it's mainly about, it's mainly dealing with the way she and Angel are interacting. Um, I think she's, she's horrible to him. And I, it's super frustrating to see that. Um, she's, it starts with her being super passive aggressive when he sees her with faith, when she sees him with faith. And instead of saying like, hey guys, what's going on? Like what's happening here? And allowing him to explain, she lets it fester and she gets upset. And then at the very end, after it is established that he pretends to be Angelus, um, whether he enjoyed it or not, still beat up on people that are supposedly his allies, like um, still, uh, had to like probably doesn't like kissing Faith and had to kiss Faith. Then Buffy turns it around on him and says like, "I need a break from us." Like he's the one that had to do all the bad things, and yet she's playing the victim. If you're an immortal dating a teenager, you're gonna have to expect a little bit of emotional immaturity. <laughs> <laughs> That's very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think you're right, right on with that. Like, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, Elizabeth. Like, I'm, I'm a little surprised at how the way Buffy acted at the end of this episode, where she wants a break, and it doesn't feel fair, all things considered. It wasn't clear they were dating. It was amazing that they're taking a break. <laughs> John, they were. They've been dating for a while. It's just, it, it's just, it's just, it was never announced, and it just, it just, it happened very gradually. It seemed to me. Uh, let's move on to predictions. Virgin predictions. So, Mike, uh, we left you at a 68.2, or 0.3, rather, 68.3. And let's deal with old predictions. So, first off, we have season two, episode 17. Mike's predicts that Buffy will never get back together with Angel except in her dreams. So, I think it's clear at this point that they did get back together. Uh, and they immediately break up. Yeah, they did. A, they did break up, but um, I think this one—they're just on a break. I don't know if that's even breaking up. Uh, we're gonna get—we're getting into friends territory here. Yeah, she confirmed it and I, but Mike did predict that we will learn what happened to Angel in Hell in season three. So we still don't know exactly what happened to him, but we know that he didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, it's Hell. Uh, this one, I feel like, so. Th- Giles and Wesley have this little exchange where Wesley's like, oh, I'm really in charge. Uh, Just kidding, right? Uh, So in season three, episode 12, Mike predicted that Giles will continue to train Buffy in season three. So I feel like this kind of confirms that. What do you guys think? Yes. Travis gives a thumbs up. Elizabeth says yes. Dennis, what do you say? Well, I was thinking about whether we were talking about training. Yeah, it doesn't specifically say training. That's a faceted thing, though. Yeah, I'll give it because I because he is very much still her watcher. Exactly. Um, yeah. Okay, we'll go ahead and confirm that for Mike. Uh, and finally, this one is also kind of debatable. Uh, 
Mike predicted uh, two episodes ago that Faith is going to create, commit a more serious crime than murder. So killing the demon is probably not a more serious crime than murder, at least in the strange moral universe of Buffy where a friend demons- murder happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also like she gets the books for the mayor, which is definitely putting like the entire like something in danger. Like it seems like it could lead to something worse than murder because a lot of people could, we're not sure what ascension means exactly, but it seems bad. Do you think kidnapping. that Faith has committed a crime more serious than murder in this episode? She kidnapped Buffy. Sure. But yeah. I don't know if that's more within serious. The, yeah, within the moral relativity of like everything being about Buffy, uh, betraying Buffy is worse than murder, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Travis, what do you say? Do you think she's committed a crime more serious than murder? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so because she's formally joined the mayor's cause. Okay. Worse All right, than murder, that's... joining the mayor. Joining the enemy is worse. Two confirmations and a denial. Um, but let's see. So that puts you at a 68.2. <laughs> so about the same. Hooray. New, new predictions, Mike. Okay. Well, we know that the mayor is going to ascend. And I'm trying to break this down. Because I, I, I think ascending for him will be a good... I, I, I need to make this very succinct. So I might need a second here. Let me, uh, let me go on to that one a second. So first prediction, Faith is going to leave Sunnydale at the end of season three. I know in part, she's got to be an angel at some point. They got, they got to work together. Uh, and she's got plenty of excuses to leave. And I, and I think that that confession she made to Angel about wanting to be good, probably be making that again. <laughs> on the angel show but anyway uh faith is going to leave sunnydale at the end of season three so not before like the last episode last episode she'll be leaving and maybe she doesn't literally leave that episode but she's not going to be on the first episode of season four the end of season three she's out of here she's going to leave sunnydale not like getting the car and taking off necessarily but she's going to leave um angel will pretend to be angelus again to be funny because that is the most hilarious joke he could pull off at this- <laughs> Scare your friends. Like throwing a psych after it or like April Fools. I'm evil. Not. <laughs> he just did this whole bit where he said he, what a great actor he was and revealed his Angelus thing. I think he, oh my gosh, how many times did, did he, did he have that line in Bad Girls too? And it's like, the guy's like, uh, someone blah, blah, blah here. Angel, he says his own name and jumps in and punches the guy. Angel just has this dramatic flair about him. He needs to pretend he himself again. He says, his name is Angel. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's such a lame red line in Bad Girls. Okay. Um, so I think the mayor's going to ascend according to his plan. It's going to happen exactly according to plan is what I want to say. And I think that means he, ascending. I think he's going to ascend to heaven. Uh, ascend according to his plan. That's like one thing. And then I want to say the mayor will ascend to heaven. Does that make sense? Uh, because yes. demons would descend, uh, angels would ascend. So he's going to send to heaven. And then the third part of this. So it's like, I don't want to put all my frictions in one place. So it's like the mayor will ascend according to his plan. The mayor will ascend to heaven. The mayor will become an angel. Ooh. And the mayor will be dealt with at the end of season three. There we go. It's four predictions, but I don't want to like make one. We'll be coming. What does dealt with mean? He'll be killed. 
but I think he's going to become an amorphous angel character that may be unkillable. So that's why I want to say dealt with. I just think he's going to be off the show, but I don't know if he'll be killed. I don't know if he can be killed. I don't know how they're going to define death. So that's where I'm, I'm worried about saying killed. Uh, he'll be eliminated. You're worried, you're worried about us being like real sticklers for wording. <laughs> he's going to be eliminated. Well, surprising. he's, he's already, he's an unkillable something. Uh, he's some kind of unkillable creature currently, so he can't really be killed. He'll be eliminated or evaporated or something. It's not like you just cut off his head and he'll die. He needs to, like, he's going to change form, become another more powerful form, which might not even have the humanoid body. That's what I think. And then that's uh, that's where I'm worried of saying we'll become an angel. He'll become a non-human, non-humanoid. <laughs> I mean, Mike, if... Yeah. I gotta stop. This one's got like a bad angel's guy. good. Lucifer's an angel. Are they? All right. Yeah, we'll just say angel. I don't think angels are good. They'll become an angel. But again, I watch Supernatural, so. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I'm done with predictions. That's it. Supernatural. Thank you, everybody. I was All right. In. Good job. Good <laughs> predictions, Mike. I'm excited about these. These will be fun to talk about later. All right. Um, my kill count for the evening. The kill count. Uh, Skyler died, so one on-screen demon, but an entire town was wiped off the face of the earth in the mentionings. And RIP one friendship. After a long protracted illness, I declare the Buffy and Faith relationship dead. Aww. Uh, all right, recommendations. Recommendations. Donnie Brasco, because I mentioned at the top, I was thinking about double cross movies. So um, Notorious, which is like probably my favorite Hitchcock movie. Um, and uh, Double Indemnity, um, another good betrayal movie uh, with Barbara Stanwyck, uh, at, which I might have recommended before, but I'm not sure. Uh, and then... Uh, who recommended the K-drama? Yeah, Love from Another Star. It's this K-drama where uh, with uh, an alien, an ancient alien living um, in Seoul uh, falls in love with an actress. That sounds That's, amazing. It, that it does is. sound amazing. Yeah. Do they almost kiss and then not? I, I, do they ever kiss? I don't know. I, there's a lot of almost kissing, but I'm not sure if they ever actually kiss. Uh, does anyone else have any recommendations? Nope. All right. Then that is it for the week. Uh, I have been your host, Dennis St. John. You can find my comics and everything else about me at DennisComics.com. D-N-I-S-C-O-M-I-X. I'm on Twitter at Dennis Comics. Instagram is Dennis St. Comics. Um, Mike, where can people find you? Sure. I'm on YouTube. Uh, I'm trying to release videos every Thursday. And uh, that's YouTube, Michael Poli. So just look for that. I'll, I'll link to it some occasionally on my Twitter, at Michael Poli. All right. And then you can find Buffy uh, everywhere. You can find Buffy Virgin, though, um, on Facebook at Buffy Virgin. Uh, YouTube, our channel is Buffy Virgin. Uh, we are on Twitter at Buffy Virgin Pod. Instagram is Buffy Virgin. Um, so check us out, and we'll see you next week. For uh, what's next week? Earshot? That yes. sounds right. Yeah. All right.
Bye.